0: Lady River here, Wiccan high priestess and science fangirl. You're listening to Gaia Unveiled, the science podcast for pagans, witches, and the magical community. So today I've got a guest I'm very excited to have on. I've been trying for several weeks now to make this work. There have been various technical difficulties, but I've got him in the same room with me now, and I think it's going to work. This is Noah from Bumbling Fools Mead, who's going to tell us all about fermentation and fun stuff like that. How are you doing? We're doing really well. Thanks for having us. Cool, cool. it is my pleasure truly i've drunk his mead his and scott's mead it is fantastic first of all just to say i'm not he's not paying me to say this it is great stuff the tasting room in northeast minneapolis is very cozy it's like your mom's basement um i highly recommend it so that's why i've got someone who knows what he's doing here to talk about fermentation now i've talked about the krebs cycle a little bit previously on the podcast i want to say it's episode five the tiniest circle The Krebs cycle is the way that cells take sugars and oxygen and break it down into energy and carbon dioxide. Before the Krebs cycle happens, there's a process called glycolysis, which breaks sugar down into, glucose specifically usually, down into two atoms of pyruvate acid. And that's what actually goes through the chemical processes after that. Fermentation is what happens instead of the Krebs cycle, after glycolysis, did I get that right?
1: Yes, actually, fermentation is the conversion of the fuel in when it's lacking the presence of oxygen.
0: So, when you set up your meadery to start, when you're when you're developing a new recipe, what are your concerns for the fermentation process that you have to address when you're making a, a potential recipe?
1: So. Largely, it's um, considering what is going to be our primary source of fuel for the fermentation, which, when we're doing mead, is honey. Uh, we do occasionally experiment with other sugars, maple sugar, uh, maple syrup, being one of the, the big ones because it's has yeah, such a unique ta- unique taste left over. Um, but because fermentation takes place uh, in an anaerobic environment, um, you the yeast behave interestingly. Um, during the first few days of fermentation, they want lots of oxygen because they use that to further their reproduction and spread throughout the uh, the solution. Um, but then after about the second day, you really want to deprive it of as much oxygen as possible, which they help with by all the off-gassing of the <laughs> CO2. It makes that nice sort of CO2 blanket on top of... Um, like the fluid, um, the liquid? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, essentially after that first... In those initial two days, uh, you really take great steps at every step of the process to keep uh, as, as much oxygen away from it as possible.
0: Wow, super cool. So you talked about looking at, you've used, you choose your sugars carefully. How do you know how much alcohol you're going to get out of a given batch of mead?
1: So there's, uh, there's some math involved. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we operate under the General assumption that honey is uh its moisture rating, I guess, is about 22%. Uh about 78% sugar, 22% water. Um and we actually do have a uh refractometer to test it. If uh occasionally a beekeeper will kind of give us a heads up, say, hey, this this batch is a little lean or this batch is a little a little thicker than normal. But ultimately, yeah, it's a lot of math. Um, <laughs> We, we use our, uh, a different refractometer and uh, hydrometers to track the process or to track the specific gravity of the solution as it's going through the fermentation process, but mostly that is to verify what the math has told us ahead of time.
2: So,
0: so tell us what specific gravity is. I've done a little bit of me brewing. I know it is, but everyone listening might not.
1: It is, you can kind of think of it as analogous to density sort of, but I'm going to say that and then people that know better are going to, are
2: going to
1: <laughs> shake their heads. at me. Um, it is a way of measuring how much uh, residual sugar is is in the, the solution. Um, essentially, water at room temperature reads about a one. Um, when we start our process, for the most part, if we're shooting for about a 9% alcohol rating, um, we're going to essentially we're going to add enough honey into the water mixture uh, to reach about 1.066 specific gravity um, and then as it goes through well once the yeast have finished their job and chewed, chewed through all the sugars um, it'll actually read around 0.996 because the alcohol is lighter than water oh, very
0: cool. and that very also cool. kind of
1: tells us like okay now all of the sugar has been stripped it is what we would call bone dry
0: cool fact Um, So what are some things that you would, well before I go on to that, um, you talked about alcohol fermentation. I know especially for cider makers there's a lactic acid fermentation that they're concerned with. Do you mess with that with your meat at all?
1: Not, no. Not yet. (laughs) Not at the moment. (laughs) Um, The uh, possibility exists. Uh, Lactose is interesting. Um, Most of the time, so lactose itself, the sugars that are frequently found in milk, um, are what we call non-fermentable because our yeast that we use can't break it down and and convert it. Um, Which can be handy because it can leave a residual sweetness. Also, lactose has a really interesting uh, sort of creamy mouthfeel. But um, depending on what you're starting with, you might want to ferment those, ferment that, uh, that lactic you might want to ferment that lactose uh, in which case you would have to find a way you know usually by introducing an enzyme that would then break that lactose down into a a fermentable sugar.
0: Yeah I've heard like in cider making sometimes they want that lactic acid fermentation because the the apple juice is very tart so they want that sugar residual sugar Um, because my understanding is if you have a little bit of sugar left over when you're fermenting you you have to do a lot of math to make sure that that sugar is, that the yeast are done fermenting right. entirely. So you, you don't want that sweetness that's then gonna continue to ferment slowly and blow your bottles up. Right. Lactic acid is unlikely to do that.
1: Bottle bombs are fun, yes. Yeah. Um,
0: yes, why don't you talk a little bit about um, how the yeasts determine, what, let's say there's a ton of sugar in the, in the solution. How do the yeasts decide when they're done?
1: Um, okay, it's kind of gross, but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, essentially, so most brewing yeasts uh, will come with a listed alcohol tolerance, um, usually somewhere between 10 and 18 percent, depending on what kind you're using. Um, and what that alcohol tolerance means is that it will, it'll chew through all of the sugar that you give it until the alcohol reaches that level or higher, and then essentially they'll they will die off because they are stewing in their own waste. Uh, they get drunk, too. <laughs> they get drunk, too. Um, so, yeah, there's really it's, there's just two ways to do it. Is You can give them more sugar than, uh, than they can deal with, in which case it'll, it'll chew through everything that you've given it. It'll have some leftover that gives it Um sweetness. And then you would essentially check to make sure that the specific gravity remains stable for about two weeks. That kind of tells you that fermentation has completed the other way, the way that we uh, tend to operate is we give it, we, we shoot for a target alcohol value lower than their, uh, than their alcohol ratings. That we know they will go through everything in there. It'll hit that nice comfy 0.996, which tells you it's done. They're done, yeah. Um, and then at that point, we let it sit for a time, let all of the solids, let the yeast fall out of solution. Um, We'll rack all of the good stuff off of that sediment on the bottom, and then also stabilize it to keep any residual sugars, any residual yeasts hanging around. uh, We'll keep them from waking back up if we do introduce more sugar. If we want a sweet mead for this time. Yeah.
0: What is what is a kind? Trying to remember some cool things we talked about before. What is a kind of mead that you're interested in trying to make? Oh, I do want to mention. Before we go on, do we're actually at the meter, you're hearing people having such a great time on the back, I want to point that out. Um, what is the kind of mead that you've thought about making that you haven't tried yet?
1: So I think, um, <laughs> amusingly, the last time we talked I probably talked about one that since then we have done. Awesome. Um, our uh, milk and honey chai uh, that we have, it's, it's exclusively only on tap here, we haven't bottled any for distribution until I figure out a way to scale it up a little better. <laughs> um, but it is made with, uh, with whey uh, instead of water, uh, and then honey, and then the yeast uh, go in there and do their thing. Um, it's, it's real neat, because the proteins in whey and the proteins in honey are both very um, conducive to like frothing. So if you yeah, if you okay. if you pour it from a cake like we do here, or if you put it over ice and like shook it, it would pour and get like a, a head like a like a light beer would. Oh, nice! Um, the big one that again figuring out a way to scale it up is a uh, sake style mead, mm. um, and that one not rice wine uh, in that like there would be rice. It's not the
0: rice sugars, right? Yeah. Uh, because be me.
1: because rice um, it has a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of carbs all tied up in there, but normally yeast can't get at that, um, and so you can do like a rice mead, and it would have a good rice flavor, kind of similar to like a horchata or something. But if you introduce um, a koji fungus to it, um, that floods with enzymes, breaks those carbs down into accessible sugars, and then you get something that is kind of like sake, kind of like mead. I did a small scale test. It was really good after like two years. <laughs> that is super interesting.
0: So would you use just the, sorry, what was the name of the, the fungus again? Uh,
1: koji. Would you use
0: just the koji fungus with the rice and the honey, or would you put other yeast in there that likes the honey better?
1: Yeah, so actually the, the koji isn't involved in the fermentation. The koji acts as an enzyme, which would So it breaks up the, the carbohydrates sugars. into sugars. Right, okay. and give uh, then it would give the yeast access to that as a, as a food source. It's getting into the, the the Venn diagram of chemistry and biology all together. I, I love it.
0: It really is alchemy. <laughs> Me making a brewing in general is such a great excuse to get into science and to have something fun to drink afterwards. Um, it, is, it is a rabbit hole. You can definitely fall down. When, you, when you're when you making a recipe, um, how do you decide? I'm assuming you use a lot of, di- like at least... A few different yeasts
1: here, right? Uh, actually, no. We've no, kind of one? settled on one yeast that we really like. Uh, cool. It's uh, it is a yeast that has a decently high alcohol tolerance, um, but it also it is it's a champagne yeast, oh, okay.
0: which is, makes it versatile and well
1: equipped to deal with um, with the the nitrogen low environment of honey with uh, the various fruit additives that we might use. Uh, we've experimented with other ones here and there but ultimately we just keep coming back uh, to <laughs> the champagne yeast that we really like.
0: Yeah. I mean it seems like it's a variable too to remove if you're developing new recipes all the time. You know what that yeast is going to do.
1: Yeah, and you know for, for there are reasons why we might go with ones with like a, a higher alcohol tolerance or one that is more of a like, red wine yeast mm-hmm. if we were going to do something Um, like a mead that has uh, wine grapes in it and all of that. Uh, It's called a piment, and in that Mm -hmm. case, we might use a different kind of yeast that is specific for, like, red wines. Makes sense. Um, We'd probably do a side-by-side. Oh, that'd be very (laughs) cool.
0: One thing I'd be interested in seeing, and this is going to be, like, however long down the road you're here, I know the, that bakeries will have uh, sort of a native yeast um, in the environment after cooking yeah. for so long like the Sally Lunds in the bakery in England you could make the recipe somewhere else but you're not going to have their native yeast that over the centuries has <laughs> built up in that kitchen I'd be really interested in seeing what kind of native yeast you get going here.
1: That's uh, kind of something that I think Scott would be real into um, the idea of doing a uh, an open mm-hmm. fermentation kind of, you know, kind of thing where instead of pitching our actual yeast just kind of do it with the open air and Yeah, let the wild yeast in here take over and uh, (laughs) do a a few small batches and see how that goes. Yeah, that'd be really
0: interesting. Or you could do sourdough, (laughs) just like the leave it open to the air method and see what what happens there. So, I can't remember when we talked. I remember we talked somewhat about, like, deities of alcohol and brewing and stuff. I can't remember if you were into that or not, or... I can't remember we totally don't have to bring up a pagan aspect at all. The pagans will work it out for themselves <laughs> right. how, the, how why mead is something that we that we treasure those of us who do drink alcohol.
1: Well, it's funny because, you know, so people very frequently associate mead with Viking culture. Yeah. Um, and they don't have any specific claim to it. It's just it exists fairly prominently in their myths and a lot of their myths are also just kind of a little more mainstream than what else is out there. But um, every culture in the world that had honey made with it. Firm believer that it is one of the earliest intentionally created alcohols because it's so easy to do on accident.
0: Yeah, that's Um, a good point.
1: And so, you know, naturally you go very far back and you start introducing deities to that, whether it's, you know, the, uh, I just just looked this up for something else, Um, the goat on top of Valhalla that dispenses mead. Um, oh, fuck me! I'm in a brain fart now too. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah, again, the, wherever you go in the world, it's just it's it, it exists. It's called something different here or there. Um, you know, the the Vikings is Bjod in the Mediterranean. The the Greeks called it uh, Mel. Uh, Africa is called Achilica, which is a thing that we are interested in playing with uh, if we come at that from the right angle. Um,
0: yeah, people tend to deify the things that they like, yeah. you know, or the things that they're afraid of, you know, one way or the other.
1: Yeah, it's funny, we're actually, uh, this will probably already have happened by the time this is on your podcast, but uh, next week we're going up to a, uh, a Viking retreat to do a little mead-making demo. Um, oh, nice. And that'll be a lot of fun, because they're doing all kinds of other uh, Nordic cultural things and, Mm-hmm. Um, we're really looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, that'll be really interesting. I'd personally be interested in hearing about your we, thoughts about that. We you have an about.
1: hour or two, but it's, you know, you, you get me talking and we just ramble. It's also, when Scott's there, we go back and forth.
0: Yeah, no, the rambling <laughs> is great. Um, tell me something about fermentation specifically or your process that I would not think to ask.
1: Uh, when we explain our process to people, they're frequently surprised by how easy it is. Um, we don't have, like, our most complicated, expensive piece of machinery is a pump that we use just to move the the mead from one tank to another. There's no need to, to cook anything. You know, you have these gigantic uh, brewing vats that they use with, like, intense temperature controls and, and double-jacketed tanks and all that, and it's not a thing that we really need to use doing this. Uh, you know, mead at its core it's it's honey and water and yeast and that's it. Obviously there's a lot of room to take that and run with it but right. it is, that's why I say that it's so easy to do on accident because it is very simple. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of doing it, you know, scaling it up and
0: yeah. knowing
1: what to do with it and when. And,
0: and how to play with it when you want to. What's in that? <laughs> <laughs> what the... Uh... The carboy thing over there, the big square the,
1: thing? The, the big one. Huh, I'll ask Scott later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: experiments going yeah, everywhere. Those, that's
1: that's kind of actually very par for the course for us. We, we chose a good name. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But you know, sometimes the simplest things have the, have the most magic in them. Mm-hmm. You know, like making meat and making bread and making wine. Yeah, they are so intimately connected. It really is similar processes. But when you start with the different ingredients you really can get oh, such an amazing variety of, of products out of it.
1: Well, and it's, it is intensely satisfying even now, even this many years in. Um,
0: and how many to, years is that? Uh,
1: we've, so we've been doing it as a hobby for about eight years. Um, intensely satisfying, still. Just watching the bubbles. Like when Scott <laughs> and I first started doing this together, we were shooting little little Facebook videos of like the one that he had at his house and the one that I had at my house. we like, look at the bubbles. It's alive.
0: <laughs> it really is. It really is fun watching. It's it's like sea monkeys you can't see. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's really like it's really cool watching how it how it'll change over time. Mm-hmm. You know, I made a I made a, a pumpkin mead once, and it started off this beautiful orange color, and it stayed that way for several weeks, and then it, it all fell out. And it was out. totally clear. It oh, was interesting in that process.
1: Multiple experiences with that. I'm doing a carrot meat over there right now, <laughs> just to see if I can do it. Don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it's. <laughs> uh, but yeah, bright orange, and now it's just kind of meat-colored.
0: It's still. I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's like but an it's, orangey uh, meat. I've seen get more yellow meat
1: than that. A lot of that is like, husk. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> and the color isn't necessarily where the flavor is anyway. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah.
1: We did a watermelon mead at one point that uh, we definitely added some hibiscus to just for color because we figured it ought to be at least a little pink.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what was Thank the thing you said, Scott? Often, often.
1: Oh, Scott is definitely the um, he talks about uh, breeding our own yeast from right. time to time. Yes. Uh, <clears> or. <throat> Other weird stuff. We both are incredibly weird, and it works together cool. very well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you don't, if I don't, if you don't come back when Scott's done, thank you so much for coming yeah. and talking. to me. It's a really interesting. I really think that people are going to get a lot out of it. And
1: thanks for coming down here and, sure. and seeing the place. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> All right.
0: Noah has convinced Scott to come in and talk with us. Um, (laughs) Oh! What I especially wanted to talk with you about was, um, I know that in bakeries, like, for example, the Sally Lund Bakery in England. They'll sort of get these native yeasts in the air from all the baking that they do. Sure. So then they, get make, a, they make a unique variety of yeast just over time mm-hmm. that you can't really get anywhere else. And Noah said you guys have done some experimenting or talking about that.
2: We've definitely done some talking about that, uh, playing around with some things we want to do. Um, Oh man, we were just talking about doing a corn yeast actually cuz there's this classic mead. Uh, I mean the the <laughs> the history of it is actually like they would take the corn kernels and chew them and then spit them into the and we're not going to so do So you
0: get the end of the that enzyme it's breaking down but, the starches. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: But um, but the, you get the yeast bacteria from the corn itself and that's something that we're kind of interested in because that's Let's apparently speak it. we can separate it. Yeah, the corn me. apparently has like a really interesting yeast that was classically used for some meads and whatnot. Um, and so we're interested in playing around with that. Um, doing stuff in this building, like doing things just natively in here, I'd be a little interested in that, just because there's like seven different caterers and all sorts of different food folks and stuff like that, and that would be probably all over the place, All but kinds
0: of crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know like you can make sourdough just by leaving a cup of... Oh, yeah, I've done that, yeah. It'd be interesting to take, like, samples around the building and see what kind of different stuff you get. (laughs) You
2: know? Yeah, it'd be fun. And we're definitely finally like, at a point where we can do weird little experiments like that, which is really fun. I know I was just saying, like, oh, man, it's so nice to be able to just go, uh, I'm going to steal a gallon of our traditional and just go mess around with it and sacrifice it to the testing gods. (laughs) Um, As opposed to before, where it was like, okay, I'm going to take, you know, a quarter of a cup and put three cranberries in it, and see what it tastes like. <laughs> like, now we can actually do proper weird experiments, and, 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 you know, and if we have to throw something away, it doesn't feel terrible.
0: Yeah, You know. yeah, yeah, cool.
2: And that's really nice. We don't throw a lot of things away, luckily. Well, yeah. Noah's very good at, at figuring things out. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: well, I mean, you guys have been doing, like, eight years, so you probably yeah. have a relatively, I mean, there's always, that randomization is going to throw oh at you yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah it seems like sure. you guys have a pretty good idea of what yeah. you're
2: going to end up with so yeah yeah um we do we do uh, a few like to sort of like throw it to the wall and see what happens which is kind of entertaining our trailblazer right now is actually one of those where we just kind of we're like you know uh, let's try this let's try putting some iced tea or some tea and uh, and lemonade in this and see kind of what this uh what this comes out and we were really happy with something that we had put Un, unusual for us something that we put very little planning into mm-hmm. that came out as wonderful as it did. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of that goes to, to Noah is sort of our lead brewer, uh, and I do a lot more of the front of the house stuff and whatnot, and so I think a lot of that goes to just Noah's innate ability to, to sort of know what to do and whatnot. And, yeah. you know, credit to him.
0: I'm going to ask you a question, I ask Noah. What's the kind of me that you would like for you guys to make that you have not yet?
2: Um, so we're playing with little well okay that we have not done any of um like
0: your like your dreams in the air maybe.
2: <laughs> yeah i honestly i love our traditional so much that i just want to make like a long line of our traditional with various different honeys mm, i want ew. because right now we use basswood honey um, oh, Nice. yeah yeah and it has like a nice little floral to it but mm-hmm. like I want to ship up from like Florida orange blossom honey, you know, or like just get like, uh, uh, let's get some like cactus honey, you know? And just like, let's just get weird honeys that we can't get up here. Stuff that is. That would make it astronomically expensive to do to do hundred <laughs> gallons, batch. like yeah. we do, yeah. or something like that. But just to like be able to do a flight is the wrong word, but a series of bottles yeah. or whatnot. I'm not sure flight's
0: like, entirely a wrong word. Maybe
2: not, but yeah. like, and yeah. it's like you know, these are all the exact same recipe, just that the honey is from a different source. That'd be so cool. And that's something that I would love to do. I think it'd be so much fun.
0: Because um, I've done like um, I used to teach uh, at a museum. And what I would do with the kids, sometimes I would get you know several different kinds of honey, and we would just taste them. You know, yeah. and the variation—like you've got you know the clover on the one hand, that's just just sweet. Yeah. And you've got some like avocado on the other end; it's almost like almost savory and bitter. Yeah, yeah. You know, and just seeing that that was well, super like the cool. And even the colors
2: be... of them are so different, yeah. it's so wild. But yeah, we we we're working on getting some. Uh, so there's a there's an orchard that we work with to get apples for our sizer.
0: Mm-hmm. And to find sizer?
2: Uh, sorry. So sizer is a mead that uh, essentially mead is you know uh, honey water yeast, and then with a sizer it is honey uh, apple juice yeast okay. essentially. Thanks. Yeah. No. No worries. So we have a we have a sizer that we were really like we have it on a, on a sparkling. Line so it's carbonated and and it, it's really nice it's insanely dry it's one of it's probably our driest mead we've ever made and it's amazing
0: that's cool um, so i know in england the cider there the style is very dry it's not yes. a sweet cider like most people yeah 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 drink here I mean, uh, I mean, I, 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 now yeah. they do have their plastic two liter bottles oh, of, sure. sweet, of sweet cider yeah. but most of it is like like taunta yeah. all very dry
2: yeah no and I, and I like a sweet cider and whatnot too but i tend to like really dry stuff and i think that our our Apple mead really, really hits that on the head, and I think it's delicious. But, um, but so we are chatting with that apple orchard about um, getting honey from them, uh, as well as we'd be getting apple blossom honey, which I think would be a lot of fun to do a traditional with. it so would we'll just have that, like, slight floral, apple-y... Taste to it that yeah. I think would be really interesting yeah. and really fun.
0: It'd also be fun to do apple blossom honey with the juice from the same apples.
1: Yeah, right? Like, that'd be a lot of fun. Just, to I mean, do just it
0: ideologically, cool. it'd be cool. I don't know if it'd make a difference flavor wise. Yeah, I know us.
1: The, the chai with the cranberry spice in there. The oh, you have, you're handing it to me. So. Yeah,
0: sir. I was totally going to take it. <laughs> I mean, you could have <laughs> No passed me right in front of my face, and I'm like, really?
1: It's oh, wow. it, Yeah, I have some.
0: Oh my
2: God. We're
1: constantly doing this at work. So one thing that that, that, oh, that Noah and I have
2: talked about several times with mead is that well one one of the hardships about doing mead is that a lot of people either A don't know what mead is mm-hmm. or B have tried mead once and that is ingrained in their head as to what mead is. Well,
0: like, they tried crappy mead, they tried childish yeah. mead, and decided that's what mead exactly. is. So exactly. I want to try it
2: again. Whereas, like people know with beer, like okay, there's 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 so many different kinds of beer. I've had a beer, I hate it, uh, but like this other, but like I'm gonna try this other beer because it might be better, right? Mm-hmm. And the, and people have that same sort of mindset with wine and things yeah. like that, right? And so we have that that we're sort of fighting against. But one nice thing about people not knowing anything about mead is that. No one has told us that we can't right on anything. Yeah. No one has yeah, told yeah. us that we can't mix two meads. like if you if you walked into a winery and you were like, "Hey." <laughs> I would like to try half Chardonnay <laughs> and ha- half. You know, like they would. I mean, I again, mean, like, yeah, you can get the like the red mixes and whatnot. But if yeah. you were to try to mix a red and a white, they they kick you out. Yeah. You know, and it's like, nah. Like, why not? Why the heck not? Half of our like weird mixes that we have here, our customers being like, what does the this and the that taste like? And like, we have a bunch of mixes now that we regularly sell. We have one that's called the Phoenix. Mm -hmm. which is the featherweight and the trailblazer mixed and it's very very good i think it's better than either of them I, either of their mixes, and I. So,
0: so the featherweight is hibiscus and ginger, then, right? So
2: yeah, the, h- then then the trailblazer
0: is the tea lemon. Yep. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But then mixed, that has this. I can totally see that working. Yeah, it, it's delicious. But then like Noah just brought back the milk and honey chai with our uh, new cranberry spice, and that was really good. And we have one when you asked me before about what kind of meat I would like to make. One that we're sort of playing with a little bit is cascara. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar or your listeners are familiar, but cascara is the cherry around a coffee bean. Yeah. And so Cafe Imports, which is the folks who uh, import most of the beans and whatnot for all the roasters and coffee shops Mm -hmm. around the, for most of the ones around the Twin Cities here. Um, they gave us a whole bunch of Costa Rican and Brazil cascara. Wow. Yeah, they gave us like a couple hundred dollars worth and it was like, here, dick around with it. And we're like, what? (laughs) <laughs> um, and it's amazing. It is so much fun. It makes an amazing mead. Because
0: there's sugars
2: in that, right? Yeah, there's yeah. sugars in it. There's That's, a sweetness to it. There's and, and it's so cool. Like It is so silly that this should blow my mind the way it does. Especially, like I come from a coffee background. I used to work in the coffee roasting industry, tasting coffee and all that. But to have a Costa Rican cascara and then a Brazilian cascara and they taste so very different, like still just blows my mind, even yeah. though like yeah, Costa Rican and a Brazilian coffee, they taste completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're if you're if you're a the coffee beans person. Are different, so
0: the fruits be different. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, and but it's like the Costa Rican is much more fruity and light, but the Brazilian has this like full body like almost chocolatey. Wow. Um, Yeah, and then we, like, make that meat and then we mixed it with our milk and honey chai and it makes, like, almost like this latte-type thing. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. But basically, like, it's so nice to be able to mix things and play with stuff and not have, you know, daddy wine being like, no, you can't do that or whatever. (laughs) Um, And it's like, no, fuck you. I want to mix my cider and my beer. Yeah. You know, I want to make a snake bite. Well, there's, like, I want there's, to make a weird mead.
0: There's like a billion names for weird things to do with mead. You've got melamel. Yeah. You've got sizer, which is the apples and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we got piment that yeah. uh, no one mentioned earlier. There's metheglin, which is herbs and meat. I mean, yep. there's morat, which is mulberries and meat. I mean, you can make yeah
2: if you. Well, our milk and honey chai is called a uh, block or or sorry, what a uh, uh, blah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bland. Uh-huh. B- B-L-A-A-N-D or whatever. Uh-huh. And, like, bland, but it's but it's made with milk, and it's, it makes it sound so terrible. But, yeah, it's, yeah. But yeah anyway. right. Uh, so, something called bland I don't genuinely want to drink.
0: But meat has a long history of, let's yeah. see what the fuck we can put in this, yeah. you know, and it comes out great.
2: As far as we can tell, it is the oldest intentionally fermented thing. Um, like, lots of things have...
0: Well, yeah, I mean, a lot, I've heard people argue for beer, but my understanding is, and you may know more about this than me, my understanding is that the first beers were actually made from, like, little, like, almost like biscotti, like, little, little hard-cooked bread things. Oh, cool. And they would, um, like, mush those up and soak them and then make beer. But that means agriculture. Honey doesn't require agriculture. Yeah, you it's, just just it's foraging,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I
0: could totally imagine that being first.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean if nothing else it was so widespread across the world and it's fascinating all the different cultures even today that have their their own fermented honey wine type thing Uh, um uh, uh, so many places around africa have all different kinds of ways of doing it, and it's just it's fascinating but like yeah there's just so many different types of honeyed drink Mm
0: uh
2: uh, alcoholic or not which is just Fascinating
0: and then because we like it and because the process is so magical, you know people the uh, Religious traditions grow up around that okay, then by extension the honey and the bees religious traditions grow up around honeys and bees yeah. and It just it just goes from there. It's like the cultural importance that started with mead making is really Yeah undervalued I think a lot. Of
2: oh I, I, So we have a we have a board out front where we're like hey throw in um, throw throw up uh, 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 Mead ideas right and like someone tongue-in-cheek put down kiwi and onion you know, and like that's not something we're gonna mess with. But someone else wrote down ambrosia. And I really got me like weirdly thinking because like ambrosia isn't necessarily a flavor, it's like a name for a drink that the gods would have. But like, as far as I can find, and you know, I'm not a scholar on these things, I just really enjoy various myths. Nowhere does it say what ambrosia is specifically, except that some of the same myths also talk about milk and honey being their sort of
0: Interesting. thing and
2: so like part of me is like you throwing that thing up on our like suggest a flavor board that's what we're already doing that yeah. is me yeah ambrosia yeah. is a mead type thing yeah but
0: yeah yeah Just I, see, I mean, you can easily call it that as anything else yeah yeah see my brain wants ambrosia salad Oh, fair. <laughs> the marshmallow, coconut, yeah, mandarin yeah. orange mead.
2: <laughs> yeah. That'd
0: be a challenge. Probably. Uh, right after the kiwi and onion. Yeah,
2: Noah's got some... Uh, Noah's actually... He's been challenged to figure out a marshmallow mead. Uh, and so he's been he's been toying with uh, various ways of, 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 of incorporating that kind of flavor thing without obviously going with marshmallows. Right. right. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Well, if you guys... Um, thought about like the the originally marshmallows came from like the marshmallow plant root.
2: Yeah, I, I'm I sure it. that's probably yeah. what he's thinking yeah. about. I'm just kind of like, all right, no, you go for it, you do yeah. your thing, I'm, I'm letting him have that one. Yeah. Which I think uh, was for
0: the thickening, whereas now we use gelatin. Yeah. So I'm not yeah. sure the flavor thing, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah,
2: we have, we've been challenged to a couple weird things we were challenged to watermelon mead, yeah. um, which I think we did a pretty decent job of. I don't think we're gonna m- make it in any way, shape, or form commercially, because it was just a pain in the yeah. ass. But, yeah, uh, but sorry, I don't know. But yeah, and then someone else. Well, oh, someone put on our board human flesh, and I have some Halloween joke ideas on what to do. <laughs> for a, I want to make a vegetarian human flesh mead. Awesome. <laughs>
0: awesome. So, what's the thing about? I know people tend to ask you the same questions about fermentation, your process, oh, your stuff. What is? Uh, what's a question that you wish people would ask more often?
2: Honestly. Uh, People ask a lot of great questions, and even if it's the same question, I I, I never mind answering anything. Like, I don't know, whenever, uh, I, I I immediately took that as like, what do you hate hearing the most? No, you know, no, and I, mean, I know that that's like not what, what you What ask. would you like
0: to have a chance to talk yeah, about yeah, more yeah. that you don't get to t- talk about um, very
2: often? I tend, to, I tend to blather on for ages about all of the, the legalities about it, because like it's just, huh. it's so especially in Minnesota. I mean, I'm sure there are other states that have it worse and whatnot, but Minnesota is so weird and there's so many conflicting laws and things like any time that we contact someone at the state level or the federal level, they don't know what the hell to do with us. Like we're not beer, <laughs> well, we're not yeah, wine. Yeah, so this weird gray area. They don't know where we are, yeah. you know? And, and so we get, uh, and we fall under wine. Um, and so we, we, we do a lot of those things. But there's a lot of areas in that that we don't, we don't it doesn't make any sense for us to be in because like we don't have vineyards right you know we don't have a you know we don't do that and so there's a lot of stuff in there that just gets messy and i love just talking about how weird that whole system is and then like in the the state of minnesota wine is the only one of the three there's the three there's beer there's distilled liquor and then there's wine and wine is the only one that can't self-distribute um Beer surly pushed them forward real hard, right? Oh, they lobbied okay. real hard to be able to self-distribute, yeah. and then uh, distilleries sort of became a big thing, and so like there are distillers unions and whatnot, and they all banded together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, wine. But wine
0: industry is not huge in Minnesota. The, the wine industry is, is not huge, not, not is not
2: huge, but they did try in like 2014 or something like that, and they got beaten back. And I this is this. We're is getting a str- a now. Well, this is struggling for me because I'm a big union boy. Um and they were the wine industry was beaten back by the Teamsters union. Oh. Because like, they are the ones who deliver. They wanted
0: to be able to ship. They, yeah, want they to wanted to self distributed. They exactly, wanted to do it. Exactly. Yeah. And I can't be
2: mad at the Teamsters. You it, know, yeah, because they it's the Teamsters. Yeah. They, yeah. Like my, my wife is a teacher, teacher union, and like they they showed up for her and it's just like god dang it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but uh, you know and so like that's the kind of shit that I like talking about um, because that's what I've been doing for the last two and a half years that's what I've been doing um, I, I don't brew a ton anymore uh, I, I, I get to brew I'm starting to be able to brew a little bit more
0: well uh, Noah recently. said you had an experiment going over here
2: um, yeah I've been doing the cascara the cascara oh, is, 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 my, is my baby okay. um, and so that's a lot of fun um, playing with that and I'll be I'm because like when I was telling you about the cascara before, I actually just brewed it as a tea. I just took our traditional and steeped it for twenty four hours with the cascara as like a tea, uh, and I want to make a proper mead. Like I actually brew with the cascara, right. Um, right? And so that'll be that'll be fun and interesting. But
0: yeah,
1: that's super yeah.
0: interesting. Well, let me see how long we got. We have gone 43 minutes, not counting the time when Noah was going to get you. Oh, yes, so I want to take up to much more of your time, and no, I've got to take off and do stuff. Thank you so much, Scott. It was really oh, fun. I'm really glad in. this time I was able to get both you guys.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very. I'm I'm glad to be have been on it. You know, it's I obviously I trust Noah and and, and yeah. I love everything. It's not that. Yeah. And, you know, but, but like two I'm, different
0: points of view. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I
2: obviously right. like being on camera and whatnot, our <laughs> microphone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much. Thank you for stopping in. I hope other yeah. folks uh, stop in.
0: Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's Bumbling Fool's Mead. Again, it's in Northeast Minneapolis on Hennepin Avenue.
2: Let it's, us know that you heard about it. You know, through yeah, that would that hurt. Yeah, and uh, and um, yeah, let us know that you heard about it through through Diana. Sorry, I just like my whole everything just blanked there for us. second.
0: That
2: guy unveiled Diana. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> my whole everything you know is me, just dude. dying. Uh, <laughs> Pressure, pressure. Oh I know, home. right? Um yeah. And, and yeah, we'll give you we'll give you something. We always like when we have people here, we always like giving them some of the weird stuff that we're playing with and you know it's like, oh no charge. Tell us what you think. Yeah, there's be, stuff be, that, guinea pigs before. <laughs> there is stuff you can get
0: here that they don't ship out. So it's a really nice yeah. opportunity to try some experiments. And I haven't had anything bad here yet. I've had some stuff where it's like, oh that's cool, that's mean, but yeah. nothing that was
2: yeah. all of our like stuff is gonna be super or, dry. So if you if yeah. you've got a sweet tooth on you you know i mean please come in and i and i'll try to convert you but lots of but, flavor and that's the yeah. challenge
0: i think with 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 honey and you know the kinds of fermenting you you once the all the sugar's gone you've got enough that's your flavor yeah so you have to make sure you've got other flavors is, in there with the honey or with the it additives. is so much fun that's to taste challenge. what honey
2: tastes like without sugar mm-hmm. like I, I i love like our driest traditional just like no this is what basswood honey tastes like when there's no sweetness there's yeah. 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 yeah anyway thank you so much awesome. for having us. thank you so much on. yeah, yeah.
0: So you've been listening to Gaia Unveiled, and I really appreciate you guys spending all this time today with me and Noah and Scott. Thanks especially to Patreon senior researcher Fairy Andrew and co-producer Teresa the Harpy. Join me next time. We'll talk about something cool with Basil. I don't know right now what it's going to be, but it'll be interesting to me, and I hope it'll be interesting to you too. Our opening and closing themes are Magic Trance by Julius H., mostly, and Magic Event by Christian Bodie, and both of those come to me via Pixabay. I'm Lady River. Keep reasoning, and blessed be. again real quick thing if you liked this podcast dropping a review in your podcast app is a great way to support the show and makes you 16 percent cooler than you already are or you can come geek out with us on the Gaia Unveiled Facebook page or support the show at patreon.com slash Gaia underscore unveiled if you can spare a few bucks a month you get some nifty rewards and I get a personal connection with you that helps me make the show even better You can also find me on Twitter at LadyRiver8 or email me at GaiaUnveiled at gmail.com. You can find the show wherever you like to listen to podcasts and even on YouTube with transcripts. See you soon and thanks.